Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Doctor Homebrew, and we're back. This is our, uh, what is our first 2023 show, I believe? Yeah. Cheers to that, everybody. Yeah. Did I say 22 or did I say 23? Did I screw that up? No, it's 23. You said it right. Okay, good. All right. It's uh, the year after I got COVID. You did Uh, end up getting COVID. But also the year I recovered from COVID. And I, yeah. Hey, man, those don't always match up. So I'm, (laughs) I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad they do this time, man. Yeah, what a way to end last year and start this year! I tell you. Yeah, that's uh, that's no fun, man. That's no fun. But I'm glad you came out of it, and uh, you know, and here we are drinking some beers, right? If my score sheets are off, you'll know why. No. There you go. Yeah, uh, everything's just zero. I don't get anything. I don't understand. Shar, do you have any uh, HIPAA, you know, uh, things you want to reveal too, or? Well, that would probably compromise your medical privacy. So no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Any maladies or deformities you want to expose? <laughs> well, where's the uh, uh, the uh, the Beef? camera? Yeah, no. Let's look. Mm. Okay, yeah. Let me stand up. No, I have pants on. I can't actually show you anything. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We have two beers for you. One is a commercial beer because we like commercial beers here. This is from Buck Wild Brewing Company. It is a pale ale. And uh, yeah, we've had these guys on the session before. They make good beer. I actually really like it. Their place is pretty nice, too. Yeah, there's local here in Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make good stuff, man. Uh, Pale Ale. So that's good. We'll drink. That's a 5.5% beer. And uh, you know how I love me a good Pale Ale. And then we have a Hazy IPA from Brian Cooper. Try number three, I think it is. I think this is Rev 3. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. We'll see how do you think Cooper just likes making you drink hazy IPA? <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you think you did on this one? Well, I I won't. Uh, if you already judged it, I'll, I have I'll, not judged it. Yeah. There I, was I judged it. There was a slight um, change in the way it came out because of a yeah kind of a mechanical or you know issue. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Basically, lost a little water and it came out stronger than the last batch. But I also changed a couple other things. I just like, so I don't know. It might be back to the drawing board, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see. I love it, man. I'm drinking this. I finally got my hands on some cold IPA from uh, from Sully from 21st Amendment. Nice. Nice. Brew for your diet cold IPAs, which is sort of like an IPA lager. Like a lager ferment, like a Pilsner malt base kind of thing. You know, like an IPA, yeah. 
Refrigerator pretty- die cold like uh if you want to die cold just yeah. go to minnesota right i was asking uh on on my other show on years up uh taryn was doing the live read of that and she goes brew free or die cold ipa and i'm sort of laughing <laughs> like yeah that's it brew brew free or die cold that's nah. exactly what the beer name is brew well it, it is free time so if you're gonna die cold this is the right time of year to do it um, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's easy to do it this time of year, I suppose. But yeah, it's a good beer, man. It's very smooth. And uh, the hops aren't super aggressive like you get with the, um, an American IPA or a West Coast IPA. But I guess that's maybe what some people want. But it, uh, they're not overly aggressive. If that makes sense. They're still there. There's still some sharpness to it. But um, not bad. It's pretty good. Right on. Yeah. I'm looking think of forward that? to drinking one later on. Yeah. Grabbed it at BevMo. Oh, really? Yeah, it's good, man. Very light color, too. You can mistake that for a Pilsner, for sure. Yeah, they, they have some of the characteristics of a lager. Like yeah. that shine, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the, the there's a lot of, of hop flavor mm-hmm. also, which I don't want to say you don't normally find, but I don't know. It, it seems like uh, it's more flavor forward than aroma forward. Which I right. think is a little bit a uh, differentiator between, you know, West Coast IPAs and stuff like that. And 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 this one. Yeah, it's good. This tasty stuff. So uh, check that out if you can find it. <clears throat> but before we move on to the Buckwild Pale Ale, I wanted to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and sign up for their homebrew club program. It's a fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program. And what that does is it signs you up, gets you in the uh, gets you in the little uh, the mailing list they have. You can get uh, discounts on PBW. You can uh, test out products from Five Star before they're even on the market. And if you want free monthly educational sessions to up your homebrew game, join the Five Star Homebrew Club program. It's free to use. It's easier than Star Sand, right? <laughs> Which is pretty easy to use. Actually, I just used some star sand last week. I brewed last weekend. It's easier really? than making a TikTok video. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I brewed what, on Sunday. What, I brewed what, an ESB. Brew? Brewed an ESB on the, uh, on the Robo Brew, on the Brewzilla. And it was uh, super simple. It was eight pounds of Golden Promise and half a pound of British Crystal 45. Okay. With the uh, West Yorkshire yeast from Y Yeast. And then um, some Fuggles and some EKG. Threw it in there. Worked pretty good. Yep. How, how's that fermentation going for you? It's going good, man. It, it, it was maybe a little slow. I don't know. I mean, I finished about 6 o'clock at night. And then I woke up in the morning and it was, it was going. I didn't tighten the, um, the clamps down on the, uh, on the, on the fermenter. Because like, there was nothing, man. The blow-up bucket was just still... I'm like, oh, no, what's going on? And I shook it and the bubbles came out. I'm like, OK, so I just tightened everything down, waited a couple of minutes and shook it again. And then it just yeah. go blub, blub, blub. So there was I just had an air leak. Yeah, it's going well, man. Trying to keep it at 68, you know, and uh, it's been a while since I've had to really dial in the, um, the conical. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, wait uh, a minute. The differentials two here seem to be up here. But anyway, I don't no. <laughs> whole thing about it. But yeah, Calculus. it's going good. I'm I'm ready for it, man. I'm excited. It should come out about four one, four point two, which is uh very excellent for yours truly, and I hope to drink it all. A nice uh 
spring drinker yeah, when spring I mean, ever comes. Anytime. It's an anytime drinker. You kidding me? I'm so excited. Do we have so a, spr- uh, a spring brews festival to uh, promote or is there something going on with that? I I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. There, yeah. there is one coming up, which I found out about through the Concord Chamber of Commerce, of which I'm a member. And oh. it is a weekend in March in, in which I have my daughter. So I'm not going to be going to that, unfortunately. Mm. But it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Turn yourself up a little bit, please. Yeah. We poured, I, uh, I'm all the way up. That's kind of strange. There you go. We poured homebrew at that one yeah. last okay. time. There right. was a lot of lot of fun pouring there with with does and a bunch of the mad zombies just came out or a few of us anyway ran around there and caused trouble. It was fun. I even worked for a while at one of the entrances. Just, yeah, don't do that. Don't ever work at a thing. Uh, like that. Uh, 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 well, just say I, you, say you're going to work and then don't. I was just like getting to a. I didn't want to go beyond the point of like tasting and enjoying the beers so i just stopped right. for a while it's like I'll, I'll work here for a while <laughs> <laughs> then i abandoned my post with yeah reckless abandon sure anyway yeah you know, i had someone take over for me it was good though no sounds great sounds great all right let's get into this buck wild what should we know about this yeah well so the reason that we picked this is i know one beer that we haven't um covered is alternative uh fermentable beers and that's that's beers that are made with other grains besides you know barley and uh, this brewery touts itself as california's original gluten-free brewery so people that are you know celiac disease can't have the uh gluten right um this is something they can have and uh, you know just the aroma right off the bat it's it's got a nice uh a nice citrusy little tropical aromas in there um on the can they're saying they're using amarillo and chinook hops which is yeah i'm I'm not getting the piney chinook but it's probably like the non-pioneer maybe different harvest time version yeah Yeah, it's almost like a um sometimes the hop flavor can be almost sweet rather than that that piney resinous thing and that's that's the version of of chinook i'm getting it's like a sweeter hop which i think works well and I, I think you need that with, um, you know, because traditionally, like the, the non-gluten grains can have more of a lighter mouthfeel. And so I think this sort of helps that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe so they've been talking mass. I have no idea. Category would be uh, uh, thir- 31A in the 2021 style guidelines. Um, you can brew any beer with alternative grains. And again, it need, it need not be a gluten-free beer, but this is a place where good or gluten-free beers would naturally land. You can make any style there is with other grains besides barley um but yeah yeah. and since wheat is a common ingredient they they list uh, the alternative grains being like rye oats buckwheat spelt millet sorghum and rice Mm. uh you know kind of being added or used exclusively so um it's either contributing so i guess yeah you can you can have some uh, some barley and accent it with other grains as well, but uh, I think the focus needs to be on that on that grain and how you're using it. So I'm interested to get into the flavor on this beer. It's you know the the aroma is really inviting. It's just got a nice pale ale smell. Um, you know, not not really malty or anything like that, but it doesn't smell like there's anything out of place or weird in the malt. Yeah, what I like about it is it doesn't smell. You wouldn't know. You, you smell this beer and you wouldn't know that it's, uh, you know. Yeah. What is it? Sorghum, buckwheat, you said? And I, I forgot already. Millet. 
uh, millet. Okay, mill, yeah, so it's not rice, buckwheat. Yeah, hey, buckwheat's in there. I was sort of right. Oh. But yeah, you wouldn't know it, right? You just go, oh, this is a, just a nice smelling pale ale. Jeez. Which I appreciate. You know what I mean? Like, and that was always the the hard part with these beers, with these alternative grain beers, for a while, for a long ass time, is they just didn't smell like beer. They didn't taste like beer. They didn't act like beer in the glass or in your mouth or wherever. And it was always, it's almost like non-alcoholic beer. They needed to, they needed to have that like, you know, high water mark or that breakthrough to to then go. Okay, this is this is now what it is. You know what I mean? To sort of reset the general, the general flavor palette of what a gluten-free beer can be. And I think they do a pretty good job. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And the flavor. So the, the malt comes across, Siri's trying to talk to me. Wow. Uh, Um, uh. The malt comes across in a different way than, than you would, you know, expect for exactly, you know, uh, uh, barley, but it's, I'm trying to decide if I'm getting something like a little bit phenolic from the hops or a little medicinal or something. There's mm-hmm. something a little bit like kind of um, sharp in there, but I'm not sure if it's a malt component. I think it is chlorine ish chlorine. I'm not saying it's chlorine, but that's what it reminds me of. Right. It go, it, it's it right at the top and then it goes right away and you sort of forget about it. And this just nice lighter body pale ale is is there so don't mind it yeah, yeah right. I, I i don't disagree with what you're saying jp i didn't get this when i i, I you know, when i first was drinking this beer but yeah i now that you've kind of put that in my head i i can't kind of get away from it you're welcome yeah <laughs> but uh, the the rice is lightening up the body a lot and there's not much in you know malt wise mm-hmm. to hide behind it's not like overly sweet it's nice and dry like a pale ale should be so that's that's good, man. If I was lacto uh, lactose, if I was uh, intolerant of uh, you know gluten's and things like that, I, I I could see myself sipping some of this. This is very very flavorful. The hops come through nicely. Well, so what do you? Okay, so millet is a grain, rice is obviously a grain, and buckwheat's obviously a grain. What do you think about the the blend of the three? Like how how if we want to do this at home. Because generally you would just get like, oh, this is all buckwheat or, you know, this is all because I've made an all buckwheat beer and it is watery. It tastes like shit. But you got the blend in here to sort of like give a balance because we've also had rice beers. And I don't know if I've had a millet beer before, but you know what I mean? How do you I guess how do you set that up? I mean, it's uh, in order of of how much ingredients are used. Right. So it's mostly millet, I guess, and then rice and then some buckwheat for maybe some flavor. I've also heard uh, about people uh, using buckwheat, you know, uh, kilning it like a crystal malt. And that's how you get the color. Yes, that's it seems like the the buckwheat is probably what's standing out here a little bit. So I'm not Mm. sure. But, yeah, you know, I'm not not really used to too much to what the the flavor of of buckwheat or or millet specifically would be. I think millet's probably fairly neutral, grainy and uh, rice is going to be kind of non-existent. Pretty much, you know, or yeah, it's not strong enough to have any kind of sucky like flavors or anything. But, <laughs> no, um, no, it, yeah, it's it's got a grainy impression. It does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, it really does. Yeah. The, it, I, you know, I wonder if the rice is for like that sweetness because that's why you, when you use sake, you use the the special sake yeast, which I guess I've heard is a mold. I forget now. Yeah. Um, 
you know what I mean? Because it doesn't really ferment that well. So I wonder if it's there for like residual residual sweetness. Yeah, it, it's a I, good point. And these these beers need something. If you're not gonna have gluten, which is I, I, I don't I'm not a I'm not a biochemist, but gluten seems to me like it's one of those long chain starches, sugars, molecules that gives body to beer. Mm-hmm. If that's not going to be there, you need something else to give you some perception of body. Like you were saying earlier, JP, with the uh, the buckwheat beer that you made, it was good but didn't have any any substance to it. Right. So you have to have, and and that's probably their their trade secret process. I I suspect they have a, a trade secret process, uh, and the use of the the millet, the rice, and the buckwheat together in some proportion and in some order probably has a lot to do with why the the body is the way it is with this beer Mm -hmm. what do you think of the body sure i i like it i I think it's still it's on the low end of body but it's not it's on the low end of body the way that say a pilsner can be on the low end of body yes it's not one of those it's not one of these alternative fermentable beers where there's literally no body and you drink it and it's like did i drink a thing just now was that a thing um you, you need to have something in the beverage and whatever they're doing, they have uh, some decent, I think, low body in here that goes well with this style of beer. Yeah, absolutely. Good carbonation too. <laughs> yeah. I like the carbonation yeah. here. In case you didn't hear that burp, that nice giant sp- ripper. Spritzy. All right. Well, what else? What's next on the, um, on the old score sheet for this guy? Well, I'm thinking about how how hard it probably is to to make these and get the balance right. You know, I'm sure they had to work out that that recipe carefully to get the the balance of what they wanted in there. And um, another challenge is that a lot of um, gluten free grains are going to be huskless, and the malts are you know just open Mm. and available. They're not also not going to have a lot of if you can find a malted version of it on a homebrew scale. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's. It's not going to have a lot of diastatic power, probably, to convert itself. So, you know, how do you get it to kind of power up? You know, I mean, I guess the trick would be maybe to use it in, a, you know, uh, maybe like a a, 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 a a syrup of some kind, an extract that's also gluten free, like a a rice syrup or something, and it's going to mm-hmm. give you some, uh, you know, that's already converted basically and then add um those in the steep i don't know what you would do on a homebrew scale very well to get that there's some good articles out there and i'm glancing at one on byo uh it talks about gluten-free brewing so uh you know for people with with celiac disease it's you know definitely something worth pursuing there's there's good commercial ones out there but you know the, the yeah. homebrewers that I know like like a good challenge, and this would be one. <laughs> if somebody could send us one of these beers, I'd love to to taste somebody's uh, yeah. homemade, homemade version of it and and see how they did and, and talk about, you know, on the home scale what they did to make it happen. Yeah, and I think, Char, I think you're right. Um, there was a lot of R&D in, in this, and I feel like on a commercial scale, you have that luxury of being able to do that. If that's going to be your, you know, your the way that your breweries run. You got to sit and nail that thing. But I, you know, I yeah. wonder if this is sort of one of those beers, the styles where a home brewer is going to maybe try once or twice and be like, well, because you can't really. The hard part about these is like if you give someone a, this beer and say, here, try this beer, they're going to come. And if they're not gluten intolerant, they're going to be like, this isn't a beer. It tastes weird. 
Yeah. And I think I think it's going to put a lot of people off if they try once or twice and go, eh, it just doesn't really t- yeah. just taste funky because you're never going to get it to taste like a beer. And that's one thing you got to learn if you're doing this. If you're brewing gluten free beers. It will never taste just like beer. It will be good, but it's something else. Yeah, and I think this is a closer example than a lot of the, the ones in this in this space. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And we were talking about the long chain stuff. I mean, looking at this is. Zoom is not really showing this. There's a decent amount of head here on this beer, mm-hmm. which says, hey, there's long chain molecules in here, which most of these just these beers don't have. They ferment all the way out like right away. So, yeah, I, I think it's one, of, it's one of these things where if if it's a type of beer that you need to drink yeah. because you have celiac or something, then you just have to adjust your palate or just stop drinking beer. Right. Yeah, right. And which another, would you rather do? I, another, I don't know. Another way to, you know, besides doing an alternative grain beer would be to make a technically reduced gluten beer and make a regular beer and then use uh, something like Clarity Firm, which is found to greatly reduce the gluten in the beer. So some people are just minorly sensitive to the the gluten. Um, sometimes they can get around with that. I think that's how like the Stone Delicious IPAs, you know, it's a regular beer that they use a finding agent to clarify to clarify it and get the the gluten way down they might have just accidentally discovered that i'm not sure <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> do you guys get like um i want to say like a pineapple juice there's yeah. a juicy hop component to it which is almost tart but not really do you guys uh, get like- that like a pine, I'm getting kind of when you say pineapple, I'm thinking pine, and I'm getting like a little pine from mm. the hops. I'm th- I'm getting like straight up like canned pineapple juice. You know, use something that, use that for cocktails, yeah. and it just it smells smells like pineapple little, juice. A little pungent, like ju- yeah, juice like mm. in there. Not like in a sweet juice way, but it like uh, no. and not really tart, but just like the the bite that kind of like you know what's in the juice that kind of gives that the flavors without so much yeah. of the acid side of it. Right. Yeah, it's that sugary. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I, not bad. I'm not, I'm not getting that at all. Maybe it's just me. Hmm. Maybe it is. If you guys are both getting it, then I, I'm going to say that you're right. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, all right. Where are we, Char? Are we are Cooper. Are we uh, wrapping up on this one? Well, I will say, um, yeah, um, mouthfeel we kind of talked about a little bit, but I like that the body is nice and light. And this is a beer that's naturally probably going to be a little lighter in body. Mm -hmm. Those grains are going to attenuate out quite a lot more (laughs) than, uh, you know, a malted barley uh, mashed at a higher temperature. So, right. Um, Yeah, yes, definitely. But it's, it's light, but it's not too light. It can be right. watery. Exactly. You can get these watery for sure, which I think is that blend. Could they make an yep. imperial stout with this and have it have the, you know, enough uh, God uh, sweetness uh, uh, to stand I don't up know. To, How would yeah. you do that? I don't know. You'd, you'd have to boil for like 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you'd have yeah. to use like, you'd have, have to uh, you know, drop those hot rocks in or something and then use that, that, that interface with those rocks are so hot and they, you, you you end up with long chain sugar formation right on the surface and near the surface of the rocks because the the thermal gradient is so so steep. Uh, but it would be such a pain in the ass. Oh my god, for sure. I'm looking at their website right now. I'll let you know if they if they have a stout like that. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, and they ship too. That's good. Oh, interesting. Anywhere in California. Cool. 
Very nice. And that is uh, Buck Wild Brewing in Oakland. Mm-hmm. They do a Mexican-style lager, a fruited sour beer. Cool. Um, yeah, but it, they're not saying anything sort of dark, so everything looks, um, you know, lighter-bodied. Any IPAs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's an okay. IPA. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. I, I hear that's popular. <laughs> Ooh, they have a coal Sean right now at their tap room. Oh, cool. Might be worth a visit. Mm. Ooh, they have a cold IPA too. Speaking of cold IPA, three hazy IPAs, one hazy uh, double IPA, two regular hazy IPAs, and a West Coast IPA, and then a dry hop pilsner. Okay, so I'm wondering now on the IPA, the hazy IPAs, where are they getting their, you know, Ooh, um, their yeah. haze from? What grains are they using to do it? Or is it all yeast haze? Because a lot right. of those beers call for a ton of wheat <laughs> yeah. and oats. Yeah. But, for um, sure, dude. Yeah, I think maybe the gluten content in oats is is low enough. Is it? I know wheat, wheat has so much gluten, but oats might be a little lower. I'm not sure. I wouldn't know. I don't know. Yeah. You should but go and not, find out. It's not one of the ones listed for the, for the style here, alternative grains. Yeah. And it's used in a lot of other beers. So... Yeah, good question. Need a scientist here to answer us. There you go. So, what do we think? So, we said it's category thirty-one. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the score? Because don't forget, we got a score, and we got to see if this is a you know a stylistically approved beer or not, which I think it is. Yeah, it's a thirty-one A. I'd say this is solidly in the the upper thirties. It's probably it's it's very flavorful. It's as advertised, a nice American pale ale. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah, I, I'd say the same thing. I'd give this upper thirties. I would. As, I, I would even push into the into the short forties. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, for what it is and what it does, you, knowing my own trials and tribulations, and a couple of the other commercial beers that I've had that are gluten free, like this alternative grain, it's very hard to do mm-hmm. to make it drinkable. And I think this is the most drinkable alternative grain beer that I've had. And I remember them being on the show the beers are all great so i would yeah. i would push i would push 41 i'd go 41 i think for the aroma i i would agree with you on you know the level of the aroma and, and the the hops and the aroma and everything just again you smell it you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between this and a regular no. grain beer absolutely uh, not. just in the flavor there's something just like that little odd kind of note that's pushing out a little bit that mm-hmm. to me is like a phenolic or you said kind of chlorine like that's a little odd to me but i don't know what the, what that I, is no i feel like it's it's just um and a it's flavor kind of, from from one of the grains i feel like maybe it's a buckwheat yeah flavor or something as, like that as i drink it i'm kind of getting used to it and it just yeah, becomes yeah. like oh okay this is just this beer it's good right yeah. that's and that's sort of what i'm saying like that's what you have to do with beers like this yeah. you can't you can't compare it to a regular beer because it's never going to be that but this yeah. gets shockingly close. They're not pushing it up towards, you know, 6% or mm-hmm. it's just a nice five and a half percent smooth, easy drinking pale ale. Yeah. I'll probably drink this whole can. It's pretty solid. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break, everybody. We're going to be right back on Dr. Homebrew with another one of Brian's bizarre hazy IPA beers. <laughs> so hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. 
What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grogtag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grogtag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grogtags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hey, thanks for hanging on, everybody. Dr. Homebrew, we are back with a homebrew. I feel like it's been forever since we've had a homebrew on this stupid show. <gasps> Brian Cooper with a Super Starry Haze IPA. Or is That's it Super Haze Starry IPA? I think I called the, the one before this just Starry Haze, and then I was like, well, let's call it Super Starry Haze. But then my my alternate name for it is uh, Siganemo. It's... um. Like, you know, picture the little clownfish with a, a cigarette hanging out of its mouth. It's just a combination of the starts of the hop names like uh, Citra, Galaxy, uh, Nelson, and Mosaic. You so. are an interesting young man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Cooper, I, I'll tell you that. I, I like Superstarry Sky because Brian's a superstar. That's right. That's right. I try. <laughs> So what iteration of this is this? How many well, times have you have you put us through this fucking torture? <laughs> it, it is the third one on the show, I believe. But yeah, okay. I've been, I've been trying for a long time to make a, um, uh, well, an IPA and a hazy IPA that I've really been happy with. Because yeah, you've been working on it's like the same recipe. You've been sort of dialing it in for a while. Yeah, and I try yeah. to follow my own advice and make you know small changes at a time. So. Yeah, well, it's, if you can't trust the Dr. Homebrew, who can you trust? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you right off the bat, that is the haziest, chunkiest. It's not even chunky. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That is like very, very okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the light is just bouncing right off of it. The closer you get to the light, the wider it gets. The yeah. light isn't even penetrating this thing. This is like the, you know, the deep, dark waters of the ocean. Well, there you yeah, go. it's it's Look. hazy, but it's not it's not murky, right? It's not like the floaties and the yeast yes, and all the bullshit right. that people would have back when they started making these. Yeah, I feel like when like the the beers that I've had that are like this are hazy, that are flawed, if you will. It's another way to put it. Fine. Um, look like this, like the ones that taste good, the ones that taste uh, balanced, and the one that taste um, purposeful. They look like this. Yes, well, already I, that's I a good sign. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is I'll I'll skip ahead just slightly. Like I just smelling. I give this, it a 24. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I'm I'm drinking a ghost town hazy IPA uh next to this. And 
the the malt character of this. There is some some malt uh, in in the aroma. It's like you'd get from a ghost town or original pattern commercial beer. So that well well done, Coop. That's that. It's it's good. Oh well, thank you. Um, maybe I'm getting closer. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> we're, we're we're luring you into a false sense of security. Ashar, why don't you go yes. ahead and uh, start oh. judging this beer? Well, I I won't start judging it because I judged it like two, an hour and a half ago. But uh, rather than being incredibly pedantic yet again, I'll just start judging the beer. Uh, if if on the podcast you could see Jason's face, oh god! All right, this is a um, I I when I opened this up, this was a swing top bottle, like a Grolsch type type bottle, and there was a very low hiss on swing top opening, and that is one of the things that you. What are the risks you run when you use a swing top? I, I they're not always great, a hundred percent of the time at cap at keeping the carbonation in. Uh, aroma high level of tropical fruit and citrus hop aroma. Uh, I get a lightly bready malt in the background. No off aromas. Uh, like I was saying, the aromas in the ballpark of a professional beer you'd spend money for. I gave this ten out of twelve. Appearance three out of three. The color is light gold. Uh, head is low with moderate retention, uh, cloudy without being murky. Uh, it looks like, as JP was saying, uh, it, it looks like what a good example of the style looks like. Flavor, uh, I get uh, like like with the aroma, I get a highly fruity hop flavor with citrus notes. Uh, I did get some low pith notes uh, that probably are hop bitterness because this is not a fruit beer. <laughs> yeah, you're not chopping up, you know, orange peels to put in this thing. So, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you could, I guess. Yeah, you, you you could, but it wasn't a declared ingredient, so I I took that for hot bitterness. But it was interesting. You know, it, it's weird how sometimes that pith can come across like like a hot bitterness in in some beers that use stuff like that. And it it's weird how interchangeable those things can be. Uh medium low soft malt, medium low oh. bitterness. Well attenuated, I thought. Uh, finish is long and balanced toward hop flavor. Uh, you know, 14 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5, medium body. Low carbonation, probably from the swing the swing top. No warming. Definitely creamy, no astringency. I gave it an 8 out of 10 for overall, overall impression for a total of 40, Coop. So, um, I, wow. I, I really like this beer, and I think you're getting it dialed in to where you want it to be. I think the only thing that I would work on in this beer might be carbonation. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's so bottle dependent with swing tops. Uh, you might be drinking one right now that is perfectly carbonated. And I might've had one that maybe blew off some of that carbonation via that gasket. But uh, I think it's uh, well done. I like the, I like the degree of bitterness. It's not a West coast IPA bitterness, but there is a firm bitterness in this beer, and it's not just this flabby juice bomb with nothing but the hop flavor and aroma to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's very well done. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think, yeah, the carbonation, it could be that it's a little bit low carbonated in the keg, and I didn't intentionally like push it up to try to enter it in the comps or anything like that. I just had it at a serving pressure. I poured it at our club's holiday party. Um, at the time, I felt like, it was a little um, pushing a little bit of hot burn, but as I'm tasting it now, it, it seems like that might have subsided a bit. I use a, a floating dip tube, but when I carried it to the party and it got stirred up, it 
even the hops just just float up into suspension. It's so hard to get yep. a good clean transfer on this without a lot of you know hop matter getting through, and um, you know also without getting a bunch of oxygen in there. So I'm really careful about my transfers, and I just try not to over transfer so I don't get too much hop matter in there. But that floating dip tube has been a lifesaver, and it just yep. keeps keeps it right under the surface of the the beer and as it sits for a while in the in the keg you can get down to the bottom and you finally start getting a little you know hop stuff coming through little but business yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so the bottle i gave you brian was bottled uh maybe a month ago mm-hmm. and the one i gave jp i bottled this morning so um, interesting i don't oh, know so you so you like jp that much more than me well, well I don't know, it's been sitting on the bullshit for a month longer I, I had one that I'd already had bottled up. I'm like, oh, I just need one more. But I actually, I, I was going to bottle two fresh, but I only mm-hmm. had one one bottle in my freezer. And I oh. sanitized See, the bottle in my freezer. Even you can't finish the keg of this in a month. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all I'm getting out of this. <laughs> well, I just I just put it on a tap on my kegerator. I just mm-hmm. it, I tossed it in there and like, ah, I'll let this settle down a little bit. But there you go. Um, I'm kind of glad I did like kind of sit on it. Normally these you do want to drink fairly fresh, but yeah, sometimes maybe things like that hot burn can kind of die away. So my malt bill is pretty much the same. Oh, as hold on. Hold on. Am I going to get a chance to I w- chime in first? Like we always do. Um, yeah, I'll let you do that. Sure. Cooper Cooper's ready to talk about himself. <laughs> Here's what I did for my beer, guys. <clears throat> Slow down. <laughs> Gear down. Big shifter. All right. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh. Just relax. I'm just kidding. You know, I will. I will say. You know, the hill I'm dying on is that hazy APA is an abomination and should be tortured to death. That being said, the aroma on this beer is wild. It is very good, very pungent, yeah, and very inviting. It's a very, very good aroma. Um, you know, it's up there with the best of the, and when I say the best means something in this case, the best of the commercial beers that I've had of the style. It's very reminiscent of a commercial beer in that regard. It's, uh, it's bright, it's punchy, it's inviting. It's almost, I don't, I like the term juicy, but it's almost like, um, juicy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like it's you know, it's it's fruity. It's unctuous. It's sort of like uh, almost you can almost feel if you do it too long. It's almost like you can feel your salivate, your salva, salva, salvatore glands, your Italian glands in your mouth. The, uh, the salivary. Yeah. Yeah. The salvatore you know I mean? glands. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the just, it smells great. It's grapefruity, but sweet. The sweet grapefruity thing. Yeah, it smells wonderful. So great job. Cool Full marks on that. The mouth feels pretty good as well. There, there's a little bit of creaminess, soft water kind of thing. But there is a fair amount of like hop bite and hop um, uh, aggression that I sort of I sort of like because I don't like that that soft pillowy mouthfeel bullshit. Part of the reason why I don't like hazy IPA. I don't like that mouthfeel. I don't like that texture. So this to me is a little more reminiscent of a West coast IPA, like things that I'm, I'm, I, I understand. It's like, it's like two beers, right? The first beer is like, I don't really understand. It's like falling through a cloud and then, and then, and then it transitions to like, okay, now I'm, I'm on familiar territory. My feet are on the ground. Now I know what's going on. It finishes a little aggressive for me. Um, it's like a little too bitter, 
uh, which I believe was your problem last time as well, yeah. uh, was a little too aggressive. Uh, and I know you like your hop. So that's probably what that's about. But overall, I think this is leaps and bounds better than the other beers that you've that you've served us, man. I think this is um, easily 38 to 42. It's wow, very, okay. very good. Yeah. The only the only thing that I would actually point to to say change would be the aggressiveness of the hop at the end. That's yeah. it. Because they're they're bitey. They're a little little crunchy, a little bitey. So if you can take that down 20%, I, it's 45, 48. It's great. It's a good beer. Yeah, and I'm wondering how to do that. So, you know, I know there's a lot of different hop products on the market. In this one, I used uh you know, some cryo hops, but I also just used what I had around. I, I basically, the previous versions have been Mosaic Galaxy, all Mosaic and Galaxy. And I was like, well, I wanted maybe a little more hop complexity and a little more hop in general. So I brought in a couple other hops that I really, really like, which is Nelson, Sovan, and Citra. And the Citra was the the one that was cryo. I bought a bunch of little... Mm-hmm packs of that with the you know cryo i understand you can get away with using a little bit less hop um that way but i i used actually more hops overall it, <laughs> it probably this batch probably has um and it's going to sound crazy but it has like 10 ounces of hops in a two gallon batch it's just insane amounts of hops it's like six ounces of dry hops in a half-sized batch basically wow dude mm-hmm. and i just mm-hmm. i i yeah, that's probably where that the bitterness is just you're just getting so much hop matter in there that it's just you know, I do a long whirlpool and I don't it's only a, again like a 15 minute boil. I just do a short boil and I do a little hop addition towards the end of that boil in the last like 4 minutes or whatever, you know. And then the rest of the grains are all whirlpool. So, but yeah, it's pretty much equal parts Mosaic, Galaxy, Nelson and Citra. And I just love all those hops and all the hops going in um, smell pretty good. I actually used some whole mosaic that I had around in the boil. Like, I guess it was a 10 minute, a 10 minute boil uh, or a 10 minute uh, hop addition. So there, there's a little, maybe I'm getting a little bitterness from that, but I'm also, I'm sure I'm getting bitterness from the, um, you know, uh, the whirlpool and, and the later steps too. You, you, it doesn't just magically not come in. You get some. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I disagree with JP here a little bit where I, I think the bitterness in this one is is really good. And I, I like that it's it's not just this soft, flabby thing. Hazy IP doesn't have to have no bitterness. This has, I think, firm bitterness in the sense that like a Pilsner has firm bitterness. Pilsner's not an 80 IPU beer, but it's bitter. And I yeah. think this is kind of the same type of thing. And I, I, I like where the bitterness is right now. But what mm. I'm getting too is that, again, the hot burn, and I kind of feel it in my chest a little bit. As you drink it, I get this burn that kind of goes down a little bit, and you feel it a little bit. See, but I, I wonder if this is the month different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and I imagine at the end of the keg, Cooper, you have a bunch of hop bung, hop yeah. smeg down there, right? So yeah. I, I mean that's gonna that's gonna partake something into the beer, right? So I got a beer that's been sitting on that shit for a month. And I actually, if... I get I get some burn if mm-hmm. I swish it in my mouth real fast. I get a little bit of hop burn type stuff. Could be a carbonic, but I think it's more of a, a hop thing, and mm-hmm. that's just from swishing it fast. So I don't I don't know. 
But I think your point is is excellent, JP. Of course it is. Why, well, I man? Uh, I only make excellent point. There you go. Yeah. Um, did you hit the recipe, Cooper? Well, here's the thing. Um, they had a little <laughs> mishap. Anytime, anytime anybody starts with, here's the thing, you know, it's going to be yeah. great. I lost some water at the start of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it was, you know, a two and a half gallon batch, and it probably ended up being two gallons or or thereabouts because um, I was aiming for like a, a 1066 gravity. But, um, you know, I was running the Pico Z and it, it, I was, it was like, well, I, liquid is coming out. I'm like, oh, no, my my Pico Z is goofing up and I've got a, a leak or something. I've got to start this thing over or stop it. It's going to mess, make a big mess. And you know, I've got like a pizza tray under the thing. So it'll collect a little bit of liquid coming out. But I think what was happening, I looked at it and it was just clear liquid. So mm-hmm. what was happening was. I mixed it and it's a very, very full. I'm trying to maximize the the mash bin as you know much as I can. I mixed the the rice holes in with the other grains I use really carefully and got it mixed pretty well. But it was just so kind of dense, I think, at the top that it just wasn't letting the water soak in and a little bit was coming out over the top and dripping down the sides and into my pizza tray. But uh, so I lost some and it 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 increased the gravity by about 12 points above what I expected. So that, you know, it made it, you know, like a, um, well, what did the ABV come out at? It, it was like a 7.4. And wow. Prior ones being like a 6.5, which was my target. Um, it didn't, it didn't uh, finish out as low as I thought it might. It finished at like a 1018 from a 1074. Which I think, in a way, might be helping it a little bit too, because the these can stand a little bit more body than you want. Like in a West Coast IPA, the body can be a little bit higher, and they're not going to seem sweet. I was worried, oh, ten eighteen, this is going to be too much, but it's got, you know, it's not just insanely soft, and it's not watery. You mm-hmm. wouldn't want this to be watery. Um, it's got some body along with that the the mouthfeel that you get from the the haze and the, you know, but yeah, I, I do use, again, I, I kept the acidulated malt that I added to it the last time, which I understand stabilizes the haze a little bit. And that's, it's been working well for me. I didn't add a whole lot of it to start with. It's only a quarter pound in a two and a half gallon batch. So I think that's enough to, I don't need to up that. I didn't really change the malt bill at all. I just added um, the other hops pretty much. And so, uh, yeah, I just used Weiss London AL3. You know, pretty much everything else the same. So the gravity and adding those two other hops were the main differences. I used the same amount of calcium chloride. Um, I used mostly um, distilled water with a little bit of filtered tap water just to give some more, a little bit of minerals in there with the calcium chloride. But yeah, um, kind of the same one I've been making. And I'm happier with it now than I am. I was like a month ago. So I don't, I don't know hmm. that I can let it go months and months and have it still be really good. <laughs> That's it is interesting uh, because uh, if, uh. if you and I are getting sort of a different hop flavor, more of aggressive bite at the end than Char is, that does sort of go with your, your palate. I do think you tend to like those more aggressive IPAs. Yeah. Would well, you agree was, with that? Yeah. Is that factual? I I I'm very probably desensitized desensitized to hops because like the more and more like it's never it sometimes it's not enough and you know sure yeah. <clears throat> you've had a lupulin threshold shift 
I have. Yeah, sure, man. I'm thinking more in terms of like BSDM or something where you're just, you know, uh, 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 you're the uh, leather daddy of the beer yeah. world right now. Either that or it's the COVID. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose cool. my taste or anything, but yeah, um, no, luck, thankfully, knock, knock on wood. I'm so, so glad no longer term symptoms on that. But COVID is Cooper's leather daddy. Yeah, I'm so glad we're drinking a beer from your house, too. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, how long ago was that? That was like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been back at work and tested negative for well over a week now. Uh, so, right. or, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, all right. We're good. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Char sanitized it for you. No, of course uh, not. I, I did no such thing because yeah. I was dry. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. He do pulled it out of, he pulled it out of his anus. Yeah, like here, yeah I, I did. I did temperature actually in my anus. You might want to maybe cool anus down. adjacent. Well, sure. You have a pouch. You build a pouch. I get uh, it. Uh, uh, a European comfort pouch. Well, what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, what do you want? What do you want to tell people, Cooper? What's your take? What's the top two takeaways of home brewing a hazy IPA at home for our listeners? Well, because we're not getting too too yeah. into the weeds because we've already done it before. Again, I think the third time, and you know, it is we're sort of like personal with it. You're especially you, and you, you know, yeah. you. I'm trying to sit in for you, and I don't, I don't know as much. So, uh, why don't we start with a couple tips? Give me two top ones, please. Well, uh, you know, London three yeast, of course. Use. Um, I think there's something to the you know acidifying the the mash a little bit to to, to retain that haze and a. A brewmaster from a, a local area brewery here gave me that tip, uh, uh, a brewery in Tracy. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's some good stuff there. But yeah, use a a, a shit ton of oats and wheat, and um, some good hops that smell nice, and and keep oxygen out of the way. There's there's five tips for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, rice holes are your friend because right. yeah, you gotta. All that uh, you don't want to stuck mash all that oats no. and all that gummy wheat and stuff. No, man, who wants that shit? You know, you need it to flow. But um, I'm kind of owning the kind of lazy brewing thing a little bit. But um, yeah, an earlier version, I think I called it a lazy hazy. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, well, I just like. But Actually, speaking of lazy, let me let me stop you there. Let me take a quick oh. break. Go. We'll come back. We'll just sort of clarify what the hell you're talking about, and then we'll get out of here. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. Back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. All right, Cooper, what is it? The, give me the the TLDR and the, uh, the the lazy brewing technique you're doing. Well, we had uh, during pandemic, we had um, uh, uh, the the simple yep. homebrewing guys come on. You know, Denny and Drew. Uh, to our homebrew club meeting, our virtual homebrew club meetings. Okay, and they so, are very simple uh, guys. You're right. Con, Drew Beecham. Yeah. And one of the one of the nicest things that I I took out of that was just you don't need to use a freaking stir plate. Just get the you know get a proper can, put it, dump it into a growler with the water that you add to the proper can. What do you mean proper can? What are you talking about? What is that? It's a uh, brand it's, brand name, not the P R O P E R word. It's basically canned canned work. P R O P P E R, and you can buy it by the four pack. It's just okay. concentrated work. You can dilute it to like a ten thirty something gravity by adding one bottle of just water, clean water. You know, open a bottle of just you know spring water. Mm-hmm. Pour that into the growler with that. Dump your yeast in that. Shake the heck out of it until it's you know foamed up. And why wouldn't you just buy dry malt extract and do it yourself? Save a bunch of money. Because it's easy. You don't have to put something okay. on your stove and boil it. You just okay. op- all right. open That's it. You sanitize now, the top of the can. I, I will always do a stir plate. That's all. I'm all, I'll always be a stir plate guy. <laughs> you crack it, and yeah. it's just so easy. And I don't have okay. to think too far ahead. It's just like. But it know, works for you. I find that as I became more advanced in my brewing, I added more things. All those things that I added took more time. And it started to take some of the fun out of brewing. And, you know, I, as I had less time after I had kids, it's like, well, do I, I don't have time to do all that stuff. I can't, I can't do that now. No, you can't. But yeah, like, do I want to go back to extract brewing? No, not necessarily. I still want to do all grain. So I, you know, I got the, the Pico and, you know, that helps save time and I can monitor the, the brew. Um, You know, I like the Pico Z a lot better than the Zymatic. Um, and then just some of these other things I don't need to, you know, just worry about only the things that you have to is what I think. And it's not necessarily about being lazy. It's just about bringing back the fun and just doing what you feel is important and still making good beer. You know, know? yeah, I, I, I retract my, uh, my hard, my hard line comment about the stir plate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I will, uh, I, I will be reborn on that hill that I died on. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. We're, we're talking about this because um, I was I was on the last Bruce Strong episode, actually two episodes. Wow. Um, one that published yesterday. I think I published yesterday. Anyway, uh, to Q and now it's only one episode. It's Q and A. And uh, I was sitting there with Jamil and someone in the chat asked, what were the lessons that he learned as a professional brewer that he brought to his home brewing? Because apparently he's like home brewing now again because he's retired. Right. And, uh, you know, he goes, I don't know if I learned anything. You know, it's sort of like vice versa, um, you know, uh, where I learned a lot about home brewing and then I brought it to commercial brewing and sort of got muddled. But he's like, now actually I said most of that. But anyway, he's like, now I just don't worry about shit. Like I saw, I barely weigh things out. I round up with my math. I don't take a starting gravity. Like I don't care. You know, I'm so much more relaxed and calm about it. And I'm having much more fun doing that. And my point was like, it's funny because as homebrewers, we like to go, oh, what do the pros do? I got to do that. And you want to emulate all the professionals. But with along with that comes sort of that stress of that pressure to Write everything down. Be exact. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, we sort of lose we sort of lose focus on that's if you want to enter competitions and you want to be repetitive. If you're just brewing to have fun, don't do any of that. Yeah, don't do it. If you want to learn how to fix your mistakes, then you, you got to do some of that. But if you're just brewing a one off or you'd like it, whatever, don't it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it, it's just interesting to like, uh, you know, to hear people sort of come to that conclusion at the same time. Yeah. After brewing, as long as he has, he knows how to keep things clean. He knows what's important and yeah. he can just relax and kind of watch the stuff happen and be creative. And that's good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Be creative. He's, he's literally brewing um, bitters and um, lagers and that's it. Like that's all he's interested <laughs> in doing is just because I, I got to that's where I got the recipe for the ESB because I'm like, oh, well, now you've sort of inspired me to brew, man. What what recipe did you use? And he goes, literally eight pounds of golden promise, half a pound of crystal 45, uh, uh. Uh, three quarter ounce fuggle because he has a, a bruzilla also. So it's like three quarter mm-hmm. ounce fuggles, three quarter ounce BKG at uh, boil and then Done. the rest at, you know, five minutes left to, uh, you know, West Yorkshire yeast per minute 68 done like pfft. easy right. bro and to your point about you know having kids and whatever that's why i love the the bruzilla you know when people were yeah were poo-pooing yeah. the zymatic when it first came out like that's not real it's not real brewing guys you gotta really burn yourself and you gotta look at the burners and you gotta touch the water and it's like fuck you <laughs> still real brew it doesn't who can also who cares you know what yes it's not real brewing okay fine sure you feel better about yourself that's fine. I'll allow that to happen. I don't give a shit. I am not winning a, a fucking medal for how like brutal I can be to myself during beer, during brew day. I'm just having fun. I don't you know care. What? Yeah. If, if, you, if you can brew good beer in a Mr. Beer kit, you, you use that. Use whatever you want. Use if you like it, use what it. Makes yes. you happy. It's funny because this hobby can definitely be very judgmental. It can be a very judgmental hobby. Yeah at times and you got to really sort yourself sort yourself out you know especially when you're when you're learning yeah yeah anyway uh good stuff coop i appreciate it man and uh hopefully for the next show i'll have some esb so then i can i can do youth yeah i can sit there and less ipa to drink dude oh my god that'd be great you could bottle one of those esbs for me like right now and then a month later bottle some for coop (laughs) 
Yeah. And I'll go, sorry, sorry, Shari, the bottle exploded because yep. it's not done fermenting. You know, shit happens. <laughs> it really does, man. It really does. All right, you guys, said yeah, go bottle ahead. Held up, bottle held up well because they got a good score. Sure, thank you, man. Thank yeah. you both for that. Uh, yeah, know, of course, I, man. I know you're not trying to blow smoke up my ass here. I'm not trying. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to be on the show, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and he'll get you on the schedule. And uh, you can get your lovely beer here, drinking by us. We'll rent your beer and we'll pee it out later. And it'll be a lot of fun. We won't Our, talk to you about the peeing part afterwards, though. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want, uh, you know, sort of like a chain of custody thing, that's extra. I'll tell you about that later. Um, that's maybe Doctor Urine Analysis, which is a different show right. and a different network, probably. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Only Fan. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>